Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Welcome to Football is Family, a podcast dedicated to the fan and fan experience. My name is Jeremy McFarland, and I want to look at the positive behind what makes football so enjoyable to watch and follow. I want to know why you are a fan of your team, of a player, or an era of football. Whether the pros, college, or high school, I want to hear and share your stories and your love for the game. If you want to be part of this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarlane or on Facebook at the Footballist Family Facebook page. I'd like to welcome everybody back to uh, Footballist Family, and I apologize for how I sound. Tennessee in May uh, doesn't work well with sinuses and the pollen and everything like that, so I'm going to let my guests do the majority of the toss- talking today. i got a special guest, a newcomer to the Sports History Network. Would you like to introduce yourself? I am Greg James, and I am uh, the co-host of the podcast entitled From the 55-Yard Line which is hosted not only on the Sports History Network, but on my own radio show, CFL America Radio. The 55-yard line. Now, that obviously is not a reference to American football. What is it a reference to? That is in reference to Canadian football. Now, you're going to have to talk slow to me. I'm I'm a Tennessean, number one, uh, that is used to Southeastern Conference football. Um. Why is there 55 yards in Canadian football? Well, there the, Cana- the Canadian football <laughs> field is longer and wider. So instead of a hundred yard, hundred yard field in Canadian and American football, you have a 110 yard field in Canadian football. Now I saw something today that said it was something to do with the metric system. No, no, not at all. Not at all. The, uh, the field came into being, about a hundred years ago. So the metric system did not play a part. It just, it's a different brand of football in Canada. It's a different brand now. Uh, and I saw that on the internet and I thought everything on the internet was right. Um, <laughs> what is different about Canadian football, just the basics and American football? Well, in Canadian football, it is three downs versus four downs. It is 12 men on the field. It's unlimited motion in the backfield. And in Canadian football, there is a thing we call the rouge, which basically is an unreturned punt and or missed field goal. Now, is it true that if you miss a field goal, but it goes out of bounds on that side, it's a point. It goes out the end zone. Now, see, that's what I'm talking about. I could be a kicker because I'm going to miss them all. Well, you know, the great thing about the Rouge is it gives the punter, you know, the the punter takes on a little bit more importance other than just kicking for field position. It's also kicking for possible points. Oh, so it applies to the punter too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're punting and the, the, the punt return team does not 
does not return that punt or do anything with that punt, well, that's a that's a point for that's that's a point for the team that's punting. So there's a lot. There's a lot of differences. Um, how many teams are in the Canadian Football League? Uh, right now, the Canadian League is nine teams. Nine teams. Now, how does that work? There's uh, four in the east and five in the west. There's a lot of geography up in Canada, and that's part of the reason why there's so many. There's differences of uh, the east and the west. Right. Okay. Um, what got you into Canadian football? Well, you know, I've said on other podcasts, the thing that got me into Canadian football was this was going back to when I was a kid in the seventies was the library. I would sit around, wait for my mom to pick us up after school. Well, when you're sitting in the library, I always kind of gravitated towards the sports section of books and the encyclopedias and learned about Canadian football and just always the concept of Canadian football always intrigued me. But back then there was no way to watch Canadian football. It came on a few times during the 70s and 80s, but being a kid and being a teenager, I never never made time to, to catch it. So I really did not see my first Canadian game until I want to say probably maybe the mid-90s when the games were some of the games were on ESPN. See, that's uh, but it's been around longer than the NFL has. Is that oh, correct? Much, well, Yes and no. A lot of the Canadian teams who use Toronto and Hamilton have been around longer than any of the NFL teams, especially the uh, the Cardinals, which are my NFL team, even though I'm up in here, live here in Chicago. But the Argonauts and the Hamilton Tiger Cats have been around for longer than any of the teams in the NFL. Good gracious. So, what but the brought, Canadian, oh, I'm sorry. The Canadian no, no, Football no. League did not come into really being until the late 1950s in its current form. Before then, it was basically an East League and a West League. And they played, there was the national title called the Grey Cup. But it wasn't, it wasn't solely a professional prior to the early to the late 1950s. It really wasn't. The Grey Cup was not. The Grey Cup, people competed for the Grey Cup. Who teams competed for? I apologize. Teams competed for the Grey Cup that were both amateur and professional. Wow! So they basically it didn't matter. You're just going to play for the cup. You that that's your goal, yeah. right? Um, what brought? Do you know what brought football to Canada? Who brought football to Canada? Yeah, because it seems like um, you know in America it wasn't professional. It was basically college, what brought football to America or to Canada, I should say? Well, in Canada, the Canadian game was started by the colleges too. It was okay. Both our games stem from the same heritage, which is going back to England. But at the time the American game was being developed, the Canadian game was being developed up in the colleges up there, uh, specifically McGill Mm -hmm. university up in Montreal and at one time there there was there was and this was going back i think into the late 1800s there was a cross border game played between McGill and i want to say Harvard i apologize i don't have things handy in front of me in terms of history but there was a canadian american college football game played at one time and just being we have a border the rules develop differently on each side of the border 
I just, uh, I was watching some of the film uh, of Canada. I love watching the two people in the backfield in motion at the same time. The waggle, as they call it. At the waggle. It, it's just, it's amazing that the timing gets down. By the time they hit the line of scrimmage, the ball's hiked. They don't have to stop like they do in the in, in NFL. They have to stop for a second. They have to set for a second. It looks like they're just going. Um, bigger field, wider field, more motion, more more weapons. Do we have higher scoring in, in Canadian football typically? I don't know if you have higher scoring now, <clears throat> but I know back in the day before, you know, the NFL used to be primarily a run game, whereas the CFL game has always been a passing game just because you need three downs to get 10 yards. But as the as the NFL game has opened up, you're kind of seeing – somebody mentioned on a podcast not too long ago that the NFL is becoming more CFL-like in terms of just primarily passing. And you see it in the statistics. When the passing statistics, when you compare both leagues. Do you have uh, – uh... Do most of the people in Canada, the Canadian teams, I sh- let me let me try this again. Uh, most people in the Canadian teams, are they native-born people from Canada, or do we have a lot of transfers from America up there? No, that's the mis- that's that's the that's the mistake a lot of Americans make. They think that the Canadian game is played all by Canadians, where in fact most of the players up there are American. Now, one of my one of my all well, two of my all time favorites, uh, Warren Moon and mm-hmm. Doug Flutie, cut their teeth up there. Um, both of them played there and proved their doubters wrong in America. Uh, but what are some of the other players, uh, you know, right off the top of your head that played in the NFL that started in Canada that you can think of? Well, let me think here. And turn well, it, and that, and that's kind of one of the interesting things when you talk Canadian football. There's crossover, but a lot of the players that have played Canadian football are usually guys you have not heard of. They are not Hall of Famers per se, because there's only one NFL player who is in both the NFL Hall of Fame and the CFL Hall of Fame, and that is Warren Moon. So going through the list, and I would actually have to sit down with a few of my friends who are historians to talk about who started in the NFL, because my Canadian friends are really tuned into who from the CFL has gone on to great success in the NFL. Now, just thinking about CFL players that just off the top of my head, one in particular is Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann started his career up in Toronto and actually played in the Grey Cup in Toronto. He's one of the only players that I – well, there's also Joe Cap. Yeah. Now, again, we're going yeah. back to the 70, you know, 60s and 70s. But you have Joe Cap, you have Joe Theismann, and just off the top – yeah, that's all I can think of right off the top of my head. Well, the Joe Cap uh, – I knew about the Joe Cap play um, – one of the most underrated quarterbacks, but mainly because Frank, Fran Tarkington came back in the picture after that. Right. But I didn't know about Joe Theismann. Yeah, Joe Theismann, that's where he got his start. He ditched the Dolphins. He got a better offer back in the seven back in the 70s and 60s. The pay scale was about the same for CFL and NFL players. So it was not uncommon for, you know, unlike any you know, talking about somebody else who's played in both leagues, Rocket Ishmael. 
you know, Rocket Ishmael took a highly lucrative CFL contract back in the early 90s to play up in the CFL for a few years. But that's kind of a different story because at the time the, the league was struggling financially and Rocket Ishmael kind of came in to help put, you know, butts in the seats more or less. But yeah, back in the 60s and 70s and the 50s, yeah, the CFL and the NFL pay scale were essentially the same. So it was not uncommon for somebody to turn down an NFL offer and go play for a little bit more money in the CFL. For instance, Cookie Gilchrist. Cookie Gil- yes. Gilchrist play, was a star in the CFL, and obviously he came back down to uh, play down in the AFL in the 60s. Now, as the more we talk, the more I'm th- names are coming into my head. Well, see, that's what I'm here, to jog your memory. Now, I'm looking <laughs> at you wearing right now, you're wearing a Chicago Cubs hat. Um, are you a lifetime Cubs fan? I have been a Cubs fan from the first time I saw a game on WGN and Jack Brickhouse calling the Cubs. I respect that. Uh, coming from somebody who was once a lifetime Vanderbilt fan, it hurts. It hurts <laughs> to be a fan sometimes. Um, who's your NFL team? You said it was the Cardinals? Yeah, the Cardinals. I am a Bears fan. Now, it's kind of weird in terms of just kind of how my NF, my pro football fandom evolved. Originally, I was a Miami Dolphins fan back in the, the mid-70s, and that had everything to do with Bob Greasy and his darn glasses. Because I had, it oh, as a 10-year-old kid, I had the same glasses, and I wanted to be Bob Greasy. So that's where my football fandom started. And uh, I became, I was a huge Dolphins fan. And then, you know, once Greasy left and Marino came in, I my allegiances switched to the Bears. That's when the Bears got really good. And somewhere in the early 90s, it was after my, my first trip down to Phoenix, I became a Cardinals fan and have been a Cardinals fan ever since. Well, what do you think about their moves this offseason? I think the Cardinals are going to be loaded. If everything, you know, if all the stars align, they could easily go to the Super Bowl. You look at all the weapons that they have right now, but we'll see. You know, I mean, I, this is the Cardinals we're talking about. I We've been down this road before. Well, I was very excited to see J.J. Watt going to another team, only to find out that we open our season against the Cardinals, the Titans do. And I'm like, doggone it. I thought we got rid of J.J. Watt. Yeah, it's going to be – but, you know, with J.J. Watt's history of injuries, I'm not completely sold on that either with him going to the Cardinals because he could – I mean, he is getting older. I mean, great, they signed him to this great contract, and hopefully he's going to be there. But we all know it just takes one injury, and it, it can completely change a season. Your quarterback, Kyler Murray, though, is an amazing athlete. and I think he's become more of a passer than a runner, which – Many, you know, I I read that people said there's he's not going to do that. He's going to be more of a runner. But I think I think his arm has gotten better over the past couple of years than than people thought. Well, yeah, and I agree with you. And it's funny when he got drafted, I was not sold on Kyler Murray because I looked at him and I'm like, well, he's Doug Flutie, like he's small. And I I and I would say to my friends, I go if he he washes out in with the Cardinals and in, in the NFL, he'll go to Canada because he's the perfect size. And is the perfect. Uh, he he he. If you're thinking, what does a CFL great CFL player look like? It would be Kyler Murray. Possesses the run skills and the pass skills, and he's a dual threat. And that's what makes him so great. Especially if you're a fantasy football owner, he yes. he should be your top choice going into this next season. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm i looking forward to actually having a draft this year, fantasy football, and I think Kyler Murray is going to go uh, pretty high in, in our We should draft. actually do a fantasy league for our Sports History Network, brethren. You know what? It, this is a quick way to make enemies. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Uh, I I try to stay cordial with the people that I'm on the fantasy league with at the same time, rubbing it in when I win and hope they don't rub it in when they win, you know, but that's all part of it. That's the part of the, that's the best part about football. That is what I love about football because what? it doesn't, it doesn't matter what, first of all, the great thing about football is there are no politics involved. Absolutely. So it doesn't matter which side of the political spectrum you're on when it comes to football, we can all smack talk, but at the end we are still, one team, one as we say in the in the military, we said said say in the military, one team, one fight. Same way in football, you know, we can fight amongst each other, but at the end, we're all one league. Well, that's what I like, and I've actually talked to people who, when I disagreed with them, they would get mad because of football, and I was like, you know what, I don't need that. But uh, I was talking to people about Baltimore Ravens, and they smack talk me, I smack, and then we smile and shake hands yeah. and move on. It's yeah. it's fun. It's, it's fun. fun. It's yeah. And living in Chicago, it's doubly fun because not only, you know, being a, a, a big Cardinals fan, but also being a big Bears fan. So between the two teams, now both teams are from Chicago. The, the Cardinals originated here on the South side over at Comiskey. You know, for years, they played at Comiskey Park um, for about 10, about nine years. They played up at Wrigley Field, but the Cardinals are a Chicago team. And I still look at them and consider them a Chicago team, even though they left Chicago before I was even born. But when it comes to smack talk football, I love just giving Packer fans a hard time. It is the (laughs) gift that keeps giving down here. And especially now with Aaron Rodgers and everything, it's, 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 it's always fun. Um, But I'm smart enough to know that, you know, the Packers as much fun as it is to smack talk, smack talk with them. It is still the, the history you have to respect and that team and what it represents to a community is phenomenal. It, it unites a state and it, you don't see that with, you know, I don't think you see that with other NFL teams or the only, and the only other, the only other pro football team that comes close to that is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Because okay. that is the only pro football team. That's the only pro team up in uh, up in that province, and it's a small province. Much, you know, it's a much smaller population base than what Green Bay has to choose from. Well, I was thinking about what you're saying. Yeah, it it unites the uh, the group because it's older. Number one, but number two, it hasn't moved. You know, uh, Titans have been here for 25 years. Most people who grew up in Tennessee are, you know, they grew up during the time of the 80s and 70s are Cowboy fans or Steelers fans. Right. But if you grew up in Madison or or any part of Wisconsin, you are a Packer fan. Yeah, you're either a Packer fan or you're, if you depending where you live in relation to the borders, or you're a Vikings fan or you're a Bears fan. I'm sure that goes well over on Christmas when you come home and you see the green and the purple. That That goes well. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting talking to people who are farther north. They say that the the Vikings Packer rivalry is a little bit more intense than the Bears Packers rivalry. I'm glad they could see that because I don't see that. 
Yeah. Well, it, it depends. It's just, you know, again, when you file it on social media at times, you know, maybe it is, but you know, the bears Packers rivalry in terms of bragging rights is still, it, it's just fun. And that's what, that's the best part about all that is it's just fun. It takes our minds away from the troubles of the day. That's part of the reason why I'm glad that the NFL played their season last year. It gave us about three hours of Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, really, to not yeah. think about COVID. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, considering and with like <clears throat> considering really, I would say the last four years, but just you know, you even go back in history, football has always been a way to bring us all together. And, well, you were talking and that's about the best part of it. Well, did you, you were talking about your service in the military and, and uh, a few weeks ago, I, I talked to Clayton Truder about this, um, after nine 11, what brought the country together? Sports did. Yeah. Yeah. Sports did, uh, it, you know, the, the giants played at Kansas city. There was not a Kansas city fan in, in, in there. Everybody was a giants fan. Right. You know, the, uh, I believe the world series that year was the. Mets versus the Yankees, if I remember correctly. Yeah. New York teams. And, and uh, you know, it, the country can be brought together by sports if people keep in mind that this is a game that's supposed to be fun to watch. Right. Yeah. Well, in, in terms of just using um, a Canadian analogy to it, back in the mid-90s, there were, there were several American teams in the Canadian Football League. The Canadian Football League um, terms there – American expansion is more of an experiment, but long story short, it basically having teams in, in America was a way to help financially help the CFL survive to, to this point because they were hemorrhaging money and the CFL got expansion fees from these American teams. But in the two year and well, in two of the three years where there were American teams, you had an American team, the Baltimore the Baltimore Stallions, which I still kind of refer to them as the Baltimore Colts, which they were intended to be the Baltimore CFL Colts when uh, Baltimore had a CFL franchise. But they played in two Grey Cups, two championship games. The first the first one, which they lost to the, the British Columbia Lions. And if you've watched, and then the game and the Grey Cup games are available on YouTube. That's a beautiful thing about YouTube and it's our, our, our way to look at the past that we didn't have, for instance, back when I was a kid, back in the 70s, 80s, even 90s. But you watch those games, and especially you watch that 94 Grey Cup, and you see the passion of the Canadians. That Grey Cup brought a lot of Canadians together. It united them. And even a lot of people who didn't even care about the CFL because it was – Canada versus America brought people together and sitting there as an American. That was good. That was, that was very, I'm watching that. And again, it's 30, you know, 20 some years on, but it's fun to watch that fun to watch that, the, the patriotism. And it's, it's, it's a good feeling. And we have that in the States too. It's like you said, after nine 11, there was a abundance of patriotism after, you know, nine 11. Unfortunately, we don't have that right now, but it, it hopefully it'll come back. It, that's uh, the one thing about America that I really appreciate is that we are divided on a lot of lines, but when it comes down to it, we unite. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, I ask people this, and I want to ask you this, Greg. Um, if you had a Mount Rushmore, I don't know what they would call it in Canada. Uh, if they had a Mount Rushmore in Canada, 
of the top four players that you could think of off the top of your head in Canadian football history, what would it be? Mm, okay. Well, this and that's when you have a Mount Rushmore with four people and you have nine teams. So let me think here. Now, if you say Doug Flutie, I will put him as well, an asterisk. I will put him as an asterisk because uh, to me, Doug Flutie and Warren Moon are a given. But, you know, let's if those are the two that you want to put on there, that's perfectly fine with me. But if you want to think of somebody else. Yeah, I'm 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 searching because there's no matter who I, I mention, I'm going to leave somebody off. See, that's so, that's what I want. That's what I want I want people to just get mad and you know controversy. This yeah. is what this is all about. Controversy. Well, in terms of let's 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 just we'll use we'll just say my personal one. If I would have a Mount Rushmore, it would be well, you'd have Warren Moon, you would have Russ Jackson, who is the most he, he nobody knows who Russ Jackson is down here in the states. Yeah, I'm looking him up right now. <laughs> yeah, um, and in terms of coaches, I think you would have Leo Cahill, who coached the Argonauts to several championships, and you would have Wally Buono, who was both a player and he is the all-time winningest pro football coach, north and south of the border. Really? Yeah. All right, Russell Stanley Jackson. 12-year football career with the Rough Riders. By the way, the names for the Canadian teams are just awesome. Uh, All-Star in 66, 68, 69. East All-Star, 62, 63, 66, 67, 68, 69. Well, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. And he's Canadian. Well, there you go. And unfortunately, you don't see a lot of you don't see many, if at all, Canadian quarterbacks playing in the CFL. Good gracious! I'm looking at this guy's credentials. It's amazing. Uh, this is something that your podcast deals with a lot, correct? That you're going to yeah. talk a lot about Canadian football. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they want to follow you on um, on this, what is the name of your podcast again? It is. It is entitled From the 55-Yard Line. From the 55-Yard Line. And uh, where can they follow you on Twitter? At CFL America. Do you have a Facebook page yet? Are you working on that? No. You know what? It's funny you mentioned that. I was thinking about that the other day. And as much as I'd love to have another I, – I, I do Facebook personally, but I don't know if I want to put my CFL stuff on there. But – Everybody's on Twitter, I think, and I think at some point Facebook's going away. So I might have a Facebook page at some point, but um, no, I I, I kind of get off Facebook because of I do Facebook because of the personal stuff, but it's become so politicized that I just rather go over to Twitter. On Twitter, when I'm under my CFL America handle, I ban all politics, and it is just talk. It is just football, football only. Let's see, that's what I'm talking about. And you had one drop today. You had an episode drop today. Is this going to be a weekly thing or is this going to be bi-weekly? It's probably going to be monthly only because of my work schedule right now. And, um, you know, doing a podcast, as I've learned. Now, Scott, we did our first podcast last month, but right about the time we did that, Scott ended up having to start packing up and, and moving back to his hometown of Birmingham. He had a change in his personal life. Him and his wife decided to to move back to Birmingham where he's, where he's from originally. And 
he is, and talking about Scott, he is one of um, the few people that I know of that has covered CFL, USFL extensively in his former job as a sports writer. He, you know, when he was a sports writer in Birmingham, he covered the Birmingham Barracudas, which was a former expansion team down there in Alabama. Now, if I remember correctly, he also has a book about that, doesn't he? He does. And it's, um, you can, let me pull up the title here. And I apologize for not having this right. It, and it's funny because you, you mentioned this. And every time I, I talk about his book, I always have to look it up because it is, it's a cool title, but it's a long title. So it is called The Home Team, My Bromance with Off-Brand Football. And it's available on Amazon. And it's a, it's romance. It's a, I love it. The bromance. And it's a really good book because when I first got it, now I didn't know Scott before I got the book. No, we were Twitter friends, which is different than being real friends. But I read it and I just couldn't put it down. And it's one of those types of book. It's written from a fan's perspective. It's not technical. It's not all stats. It's just memoirs of somebody who grew up in a town with who saw many pro teams come and go from his childhood up until you know, the AAF with the Birmingham iron. So it's, it's a really good book and it's an easy read and it's well worth the money. I will put a link on uh, when this episode drops should be Thursday. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes for that book. If I can, if I can find it myself. Yeah. Yeah. I always have to apologize to, to Scott because it's like, I always have to look it up because my memory, you know, maybe it's just age catching up to me, but it's like, I, it's a great book, but it's just got that. The title is just a few words too long for me to just kind of keep in the sh- in, in the long term memory for whatever reason. Well, I appreciate you coming on today, my friend, and I'm glad to meet you. And, oh, you're welcome, uh, Greg. To meet you too. I tell you what, when we get a little bit more uh, more knowledgeable, when I get a little bit more knowledgeable in Canadian football, I'll have you on, and we'll have a question and answer. Well, I'll I'll ask a lot more questions because I'll be more educated then. Cool. Cool. Now, you know, before you let me go, just keep in yes. mind that there is a lot of CFL players who came from the SEC. See, now I've got more to look into. Now, um, in terms of, you know, legends, are you a Tennessee fan? No, no. Um, I grew up in Tennessee, uh, but my first football game I went to was the Vanderbilt Commodores, and I followed them for several years until. When I was growing up, Vanderbilt was my team, and most people here were Tennessee fans. I just like, you know what? I can't handle that. Okay. When we went down, we moved to Alabama, and my both two of my kids were born in Tuscaloosa, so I started following Alabama at that point. And uh, now, when I'm talking to people and they say, "Well, Tennessee, this and that," I'm like, you know what? That that just makes me kind of a little nauseous inside. Right. But then my son comes up and says, "Daddy, I want to go to the University of Tennessee," and I was like, you know what? I can be bought. If my son gets a great scholarship to Tennessee, I can be bought. I'm not proud. I will put a big UT on the back of my car and I will shift allegiance if I don't have to pay for college. I mean, I'll just be honest. I can be bought. (laughs) Long story short, I'm not a fan right now, but I will be if I get, if my son gets a good scholarship. Okay. Well, 
like I said, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot, and I'll let you do your research on this, just kind of looking offline, probably when we talk, we'll probably talk more about it. But a lot of great players have come from the SEC, including Tennessee. It just, they're great players, but the problem is a lot of people have never heard of the Amer- the Americans who have found found success up in Canada, other than, you know, your Doug Fluties and your Warren Moons. You know what? I'm looking at uh, at some of these things. Yes, there's a lot more than what I gave uh, than than I know. A whole lot more. Uh, former prominent SEC players in the CFL. Let's look at this. You know what? I've heard of these guys. Courtney Taylor. In fact, Courtney Taylor uh, was from a town that uh, I was living next to. I, I know exactly who he is. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm glad you gave me this because this is a lot more uh, in-depth than I thought. And you know what? When people say, well, they had to go to Canada to play football, that doesn't mean anything. That's a professional league. Yeah. yeah. You know, that that's that's pretty impressive. If you, you make a professional football team, I don't care if it's Canada, if it's Arena Bowl, if it's even with the AFL, AAFL, that's still pro football. Right. That's something. Right. Now, what's your what's your uh, Canadian your favorite Canadian football team? I would say the Argonauts because of their history as related to the NFL. And the reason being is back in the in the late fifties, early sixties, there was a series of exhibition games the NFL played versus CFL teams. Wow! And my Cardinals, both as the Chicago Cardinals and as the St. Louis Cardinals, played exhibition games against the Toronto Argonauts. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, we're in a day and age now where we can find anything online. But, you know, you, you talk about these, you know, going back to 60s, the only place to find information about those games is the old newspapers. Now, fortunately for all of us, the Internet has opened up a world of, of, of a window on, on a world of a past world that, Many of us didn't know unless we spent quality time in the library digging through the archives. And um, myself, you know, I kind of read about in passing, but the more I started researching it online, it is a fascinating, it is a fascinating subject. And if you go to cflamerica.ca, there's a story on that, on those series of exhibition games. You had the Bears playing the Montreal Alouettes. You had the Hamilton Tiger Cats and Buffalo Bills playing. You had the Argonauts and the Giants playing. So it happened. Now, the, the final score, except for in every game, the NFL won except for one, and that was when Hamilton beat Buffalo. But, you know, to talk to look at those games, you have to consider they were exhibition. They were played under dual rules, meaning one quarter was played with an American set of rules. Another quarter was played with 12 men. So it was more an experiment than anything. It wasn't a reflection of the talent. It was just an experiment and they were exhibition games. So to, uh, for those Americans who, you know, for our fellow, our fellow countrymen who think NFL, again, NFL is the top level here. We, you know, nobody is ever denying that. Even in Canada, people will say the NFL is the top level, but the CFL, man, there's a lot of great talent there. The difference is, is they're just paid less. And uh, they're paid less, and uh, they don't get as much visibility. I imagine the pay scale is a lot different now, especially with the $100 million contracts, $200 million. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean the 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 CFL each team has only has about maybe a four million dollar payroll, and you have oh, to divide that four million up amongst you know at least forty players. Good night. Yeah. So for them, attendance is all everything, and they're, you know, unfortunately, their season was canceled last year because of the pandemic because they needed the gate in order to you know in order for the the league to work to, to make money they needed the gate and they weren't going to get the gate and. You know, the CFL canceling the season is just a whole nother subject, which, you know, it, it's one of those big debates on, in social media in terms of, you know, canceling the season doesn't mean the death of the CFL. And now the CFL is talking with the XFL, the, you know, version 3.0 of the XFL kind of move forward. Nobody knows what's going to happen in the future, but the CFL, you know, has a hundred plus. Canadian football has over 100 years of history, and the CFL has over, in its current form, has over 60 years of history. So I'm thinking it's here to stay for the long term, but, you know, as we kind of move on after the pandemic, it's going to, you know, the CFL is going to look different than what it looked like before the pandemic. Hopefully not that much different. I'm hoping the three-down game stays. Well, I'm glad. And by the way, you did a uh, nice segue to – to our, we're going to finish with this. If you like this podcast, you are probably a sports history fan. Go over to newspapers.com and you could probably read a lot more about Canadian football and newspapers.com because Canada is one of the places where you got a lot of information about this. If you go to sportshistorynetwork.com backslash newspapers, you can get a free week subscription if you subscribe to newspapers.com. And with a paid subscription, you will get you will help this production and others on the Sports History Network. So there you go. You can right. learn a lot more about Canadian history. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's the great thing about the internet and libraries. It's that's that's where my love of football began. There you go. Thank you, Mr. Greg, for coming on today. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. I Appreciate you asking me on, and we hopefully will be talking to you again soon. Absolutely. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.